Hollow Mountain Publishing presents The Pawn, book one of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter One Campfire Tells No, I won't go! I want to stay with you! The little girl arched her back, her arms stretching towards a woman sitting near the fire. I want to stay with you, Mommy! she yelled. The young mother gently but firmly pushed the crying child away into the arms of her father. When you're older, you can stay. The girl started screaming as her father quickly walked towards the parking lot. Seeing her cries were being ignored, the child went into full-fledged tantrum mode. The piercing scream made everyone within hearing range wince. The young mother gave everyone around the fire a rueful smile as a low chuckle emanated throughout the crowd. It looks like we have another Katie Johnson on our hands, someone said in a low voice. Katie quickly glanced in the direction of the voice trying to discern who had said it. Looking around, she could see everyone's eyes in the group looking towards her. They all had varying degrees of smiles on their faces. She could feel her face getting warm, despite the cold wind rushing through the empty branches of the trees. A few leaves took flight and whirled around the fire, only to settle on the empty hard ground once again. Katie shielded herself from the wind as she automatically moved long strands of black hair away from her face. She couldn't help glancing towards the parking lot. The little girl's piercing scream could still be heard as the young father struggled to put her in a car seat. She couldn't help grinning, thinking everyone in the group was probably right. As far back as she could remember, she had pleaded and begged, if she was to be totally honest, she'd had several tantrums exactly like that. Her mother always gently but firmly sent her home with the younger children. She told her when she was older she could stay. The next morning, curiosity would literally drive her crazy. Katie would pester her mother with questions about what she and the others did around the campfire. Her mother would always give her a secret smile and tell her when she was old enough, she could attend and find out. This year was different. She was old enough to stay. Finally, she was going to be able to know what happened at these secret campfire sessions. Hardly able to contain her excitement, she slapped her hands on her dark jeans. The sound made her two best friends, Lizzie and Samantha, turn and exchange a smile. They'd had endless discussions on what the women did during these campfire sessions. Katie looked around the campfire. Her mother was sitting next to Lizzie's mom. The mood was relaxed and festive. Everyone was having a good time, laughing and talking. As darkness descended like a cloak in the Appalachian Mountains, long shadows darkened the wooded area, making everything around them black. Fire was the only light as it flickered and danced on familiar faces. Portable seats were jumbled together as close to the large fire as possible, its occupants intent on keeping warm. 
Katie, Lizzie, and Sam sat close together on a fallen log, allowing the older woman to take advantage of the heat. Katie had scoped out the ideal spot earlier that day and immediately laid claim. It was close enough to see and hear everything going on around the campfire, but far enough away to not attract unwanted attention. Of course, that was before the young girl started her tantrum, and all eyes found her anyway. Lizzie's grandmother slowly stood up, her wrinkles more pronounced in the firelight. Her withered hands rose slowly as if she were offering a silent prayer. A respectful hush immediately descended around the fire. The old woman turned and sat down again, the chair creaking under her weight. Her voice was raspy but firm as she started to speak. This story I speak to you today has been handed down from mother to daughter since the sugary first walked these mountains. I am getting old, and soon my spirit will join the spirits of my mother and her mother. All mothers, or soon to be mothers of the sugary, must hear this story so they can tell it to the next generation. She paused, looking into each face. Katie felt the old woman's eyes on her for just a moment before it passed onto Lizzie's face beside her. You must make a solemn promise in your hearts today that the story of the sugary be told and not die out. The old woman leaned back in her chair, obviously intent on being as comfortable as possible. Her voice, soft and raspy, rang with authority. When the earth was young, it was covered in water. No land touched the face of the earth. A water beetle worked under the water and pushed mud to the top of the water, forming the first land. Then a blackbird came down from the spirit world. It landed in the mud, resting its wings. When it flapped its wings, great mountains were created. These mountains around you were the first mountains formed on this earth. Because they were the first. They hold the strongest magic of the spirit world. Every living thing in these mountains hold this magic. As time passed, the magic has grown less. The magic was diluted by the number of living creatures who lived and died in these ancient and sacred forests. When these mountains were young, great animals that no longer lived roamed and called them home. The great wolf, saber-toothed tiger, the mammoth, the sloth, and many more we do not have names for. The old woman paused and took a deep breath. The sugary, looking for food, found these mountains full of game. They settled in one of the valleys. Soon, other tribes came and settled. The Saprini, Elno, Uchi, Okanachu, Congaree, the Cherokee, and others. Through time, we have lost the names of great tribes who lived, loved, and died. 
The memory of those who lived before are now forgotten. It was a happy time for the sugary. There was plenty of game, and the women planted gardens. They grew corn, squash, gourds, and other items. The clay in the earth was made into pottery. The men soon grew tired of hunting, and started warring with other tribes. Warriors replaced hunters. Women were the driving force in keeping the tribe and family units together. The kinship descended through the woman's line. We have always been, and always will be, a matriarchal people. Lizzie's grandmother paused again. The firelight flickered across her wrinkled features, making her look haggard. The great Animals of the forest started dying off, and became no more. The last of the great white tigers came upon a sugary woman and her child, hungry and too tired to hunt. The tiger decided to eat the child. When the tiger approached, the young woman came between it and the child, with only a rock as a weapon. The woman faced the great tiger. The tiger could have easily killed the mother and her child. The animal was surprised by the courage the woman showed in defending her young. Impressed with her determination to save her child despite the odds, tiger backed away and turned into the woods. Curious of these creatures. The great tiger quietly followed them to their dwelling. She watched the villagers closely, learning their ways. She became a silent protector of the courageous woman and her child. One day, the tiger grew careless and was seen by a warrior in the village, misunderstanding the tiger's intent. The warrior got other warriors to track her. Eventually, they killed the great tiger. The spirit of the tiger knew she was the last of her kind, and did not want to leave this world, or the woman she protected. Instead of entering into the spirit world, the tiger's spirit joined the young woman's spirit. All the magic, old tiger and her kind possessed. Entered into the woman, they became one. The magic of the tiger was passed down from mother to daughter. Descendants of the woman became protectors of the sugary. When danger arose, a young woman would take the shape of the tiger. She would destroy whatever threatened them. The tiger. Could only be in one young woman at a time, but the old magic made her very strong. She could run for miles without resting. When she was hurt, her wounds would heal quickly. She could sense danger, and have the ability to be where she was needed to protect her people. Many generations passed. And the people of the sugary lived in peace. The old ones stopped telling the young. 
the tale of the great white tiger. The courageous gift that was given to the woman was forgotten. The tale was lost to the sugary. There was a time when a great evil entered these mountains, and the great tiger again returned to the descendant of the courageous woman. Strange people with strange animals entered the village. They wore metal on their breasts and heads. They had pale faces and the eyes the color of grass and sky. The sleeping tiger spirit recognized danger and turned a young woman into a tiger. Not knowing what was happening, the young woman named Running Deer was frightened. She ran into the woods and did not protect the village. The strange pale man in the village demanded to know where gold was in these mountains. They were cruel to the sugary, often killing or maiming members of the village to set an example. When Running Deer realized her destiny was to fight this evil, she returned to the village, ready to fight. By then, the pale faces had left. A sickness entered the village, killing the old and then the young. The spirit tiger could not fight this new evil the way it could fight a foe. Running deer watched helplessly as all her people died of the white man's sickness. Desolated by what she saw, she wandered through the forest. She found other tribes like the Yuki, Saprini, Elno, and the Congaree. All the tribes become no more as the white man's sickness spread through the mountains and valleys of Appalachia. Running Deer was afraid to turn human. She did not know if this sickness would also take her as it had taken her family. She stayed as a tiger for many moons. Eventually, she climbed the highest mountain and found a tribe not touched by the white man's sickness. Turning back into human form, Running Deer joined the tribe, and she was counted and lived among the Cherokee. Running Deer never forgot she was sugary. She made sure her children and her children's children knew about the spirit tiger that possessed and protected the sugary. The old woman raised her arms and gestured to all the women surrounding the fire. All of you are descendants of running deer. When there is a great evil that threatens the sugary, the spirit tiger will possess and change your form into a great white tiger. The magic of the great white tiger within these mountains will help you to survive and will help you protect the sugary. The mistake Running Deer made must never happen again. If your human form changes into a tiger, remember a great evil is close, threatening the sugary. You must stay and protect your people. 
The old woman stopped talking. Her gasping breath could be heard above the wind and the crackling fire. Katie watched the labored breathing, pondering the story she had learned. She casually looked around the campfire to try and gauge everyone's reactions. Some of the women sat looking into the fire, while others were intently watching the old woman. A tingling sensation was raising the hairs on her neck and arms before resting in her chest. She could feel something in the air, a feeling or an emotion she couldn't place. It was a feeling of unity, a bond that touched her heart and burned. Sitting in this setting with the cold mountain air touching her face, the warm crackling fire, the tale touched her imagination. She couldn't help but imagine what life would have been like for Running Deer, whom had been able to change into a great white tiger and run through the forest. As Katie pictured herself becoming a changeling or were-animal, she wasn't sure of the term. Suddenly, another tingling sensation went through her body. The heat in her chest magnified into a force that would have scared her if it didn't seem right. Heat rippled from the pit of her stomach like a soft glow from the inside out. She looked over at Sam and Lizzie to gauge their reaction. Sam was watching the old woman while Lizzie was looking down at her shoes. Neither one of them noticed her glance. Lizzie's grandmother started to speak again, her voice now sounding very tired. If and when you turn into the great white tiger, there are certain dangers you must be aware of. Seekers are out there. She broke off, her head bowing down as if weighted by a great stone. Katie kept staring at the top of the old woman's head, wondering if this was part of the story. Lizzie's mom got up and moved towards her mother. Mom, are you okay? She knelt down and lifted the old lady's head and looked into her eyes. She turned her head towards the group. I'm sorry, but Mom is just too tired to go on. We're going to have to cut this short. She gestured for Lizzie to come over. Katie watched Lizzie hurriedly get up and help her mother slowly move the old lady towards the parking lot. Disappointment weighed heavily in her chest. She knew there was much more to the story. In previous years, her mother had not come home for hours. She tipped her arm towards the firelight, looking at her watch. Barely an hour had gone by since the men and young children left. She bumped Sam's arm and stood up. Sam quickly got up and followed her away from the fire. What did you think about? She paused, not sure how to continue. About the tail, she ended lamely. Sam looked around, checking to see if anyone was in hearing distance, her shape barely discernible in the darkness. I don't know. You would think it was just a bedtime story if it didn't seem so serious. There has to be a lot more to this than what we heard. She shook her head, making a soft rustling sound. I mean, why all the secrecy? Katie heard someone approaching them. Turning, she could make out Lizzie coming back to the campfire. Can you stay? You're supposed to be able to sleep over at my house tonight. Lizzie shook her head. I'm sorry, guys. My mom is taking Grandma to the hospital. She wants me with her. Sam patted Lizzie's arm. Hey, don't sweat it. I hope everything goes okay. Katie shrugged, trying to keep the disappointment out of her voice. Yeah, your grandmother's more important than a sleepover. She paused, 
her thoughts returning to the evening events. What did you think about the story? she asked quickly. Lizzie looked down at her feet, kicked an unseen pebble in frustration. Actually, I was disappointed. Grandma has told me this story many times. It used to be my favorite bedtime story. If this was all it was about, why all the secrecy? Katie blew out her breath, her frustration evident. Yeah, there has to be something else, right? What else was going to happen? No one spoke. Each girl contemplated what they had heard and learned so far. Katie couldn't help it. She just had to say it. Did you guys feel a little funny when she started talking about the white tiger? Sam looked towards Katie, trying to see her in the dark. What do you mean by funny? Katie shrugged, liking the idea that her two friends couldn't actually see her face in the darkness. I don't know, she said, wishing she hadn't said anything. Kind of warm and tingly? Sam giggled softly. Yeah, I had a little too many hot dogs myself. I really need to burp. She patted her stomach as if she was in pain. That spicy sausage I ate is keeping me a little warm, Lizzie said with a half laugh. I don't know why I kept eating it. Katie stepped closer, trying to see their expression. No, no, I mean, I felt something. You didn't feel anything? Lizzie reached out and gave her a soft punch in the arm. Come on, Katie. Everything we heard so far, my grandmother has told me many times before. Lizzie, come on. We need to go. An impatient voice came from the direction of the parking lot. Lizzie immediately looked towards the sound of her mother's voice. Sorry. She turned back to face her friends. I'll call you tomorrow. Without waiting for a reply, she ran back in the direction she'd come from. Sam watched Lizzie walk away, her dark figure disappearing quickly in the blackness around them. She turned towards Katie. Do you mind if I cancel tonight also? I have to get up early for dance practice. Since this turned into a blowout, I'd rather get a good night's sleep. Katie was so frustrated. She felt like throwing the same type of tantrum she had witnessed earlier. Knowing it would make her look as if she was three instead of sixteen, she quickly agreed and made her goodbyes. Sitting in the passenger seat on the way home, Katie decided it was time her mother gave her a few answers. Mom, what was that all about? I don't understand all the secrecy. Was this story about a tiger the only thing we were going to hear? The questions came out in a rush, all jumbled together. Katie wasn't sure the words were even decipherable in her rush to get some answers. Her mom gave her a quick glance before returning her eyes to the narrow road. I know, honey, you have been looking forward to this. I'm sure it's a big disappointment. I was disappointed when I was your age. The biggest thing you need to remember is Elizabeth Hawk Sr. is a matriarch over all of us and deserves our respect. What do you mean? Katie interrupted. Are you saying there really isn't any more? Well, there's a little more, her mother began before shaking her head. It's along the same lines of the story you just heard. You mean that's it? Her voice went up an octave in her frustration. Disappointment warred in her chest as heat welled up inside her. Her face was flushed. It's not real? Exasperation in her voice, her mother replied. You tell me, is it possible for a young woman to turn into a tiger? Is that what you're asking? Katie felt foolish. Slumping in her seat, she stared out her window, not seeing anything. No, I just... 
She paused. What did she think? She was very much aware she was sounding like an idiot. Katie, her mother began. Elizabeth Hawk has done a lot of good and has helped each person around that campfire. Even you. Her mother paused as she drove through a windy patch in the road. When I got a divorce from your father, I was at my wit's end how I was going to get by. She babysat you for free so I could work. Believe it or not, that was a very big help. I will never forget her kindness. She paused again, trying to articulate her words. Elizabeth Hawk firmly believes in the story. I don't know if she has entrenched herself so much in the old ways. She actually believes them or what? Trying to stress this even further, she repeated herself. She firmly believes in the story and feels it is her duty to tell all the descendants of Running Deer. She shrugged. Who am I to try and dissuade her? She is the one who demanded the secrecy. Each of us solemnly promised not to keep it secret, but sacred. She paused again, turning into their driveway. Because I respect and love her, I did exactly as she asked, and so did everyone else. Having nothing else to say on the subject, Katie got out of the car and slowly walked into the house. She was so disheartened about the night she could hardly stand it. There was no use talking anymore. She studiously avoided her mother's eyes and headed for her bedroom. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. The Pawn is the first book in the Appalachian Storm series. The first book is actually one of six. Each book is named after a chess piece. So the second book is called Castle third book is called The Night, and so on and so forth. I have finished the audio of The Pawn and The Castle, and I'm working on getting The Night edited. The last three manuscripts, The Bishop, The Queen, and The King, are all written but are on really rough draft form. I try and work on this project as much as possible, but like everything else, life gets in the way. If I had my way, I'd work on this every day, but it doesn't actually pay the bills just yet, and so I have to do other things to get by. I have friends who continuously ask me when my next book will be published, and I actually have panic attacks when I'm asked this question, because I've been thinking of all the things I need to do to make that particular thing happen. If you are enjoying this story, please tell your friends and family about this podcast, and if you would like, you can read the book. I have it on my website, AppalachianStorms.com, and I also have it on Amazon. Or you can always sit back and listen to my podcast for free. I will post one chapter every week. I am doing all of this by myself, so I don't have a lot of frills and catchy phrases to keep you coming back. I just have my imagination and the wonderful adventures Katie and her friends go through. So, until our imaginations meet again, I'll be seeing you next week, and have a great day.